is the last night of that's what he Thank you, thank you, thank you. And um, how many of you guys have been enjoying this series so far? I can tell you this, that God has been speaking to me, that God has been challenging me, God has been convicting me, but yet he's also been encouraging me. How many of you have been encouraged and challenged? Man, from the start, when Brandon preached to Pastor Clarissa, come on now, to Matt Tidwell last week, God has just been speaking and I'm I'm so excited to share what God has been speaking to me. So practically when I'm preaching to y'all tonight, I'm really preaching to myself because uh, the Lord has been really talking to me about this matter. And so I'm not here talking to you as, you know, a leader or whatnot, but I'm here talking to you as a friend because I want to see you live the abundant life, the best life, and the promised life that God has for you. Amen. And, you know, one thing that I found just so interesting was that throughout the weeks that we had been going on this journey and speaking about all these things, how a lot of times we just get so anxious when we think about the will of God. You know, like, God, if I make this move, will I actually survive or will you cut me off completely? You know, have any of you ever been there before? Am I the only one? See, I love my honest people right over here. I see y'all. And, um... Tonight, you know, it's such a funny thing. I called Ellis, and I was like, Ellis, I had an amazing message, like, for tonight with three points, and I was at more coffee. Hashtag, this is, like, free marketing, free advertisement right now. Go to more coffee. They're really good. They have really good coffee, too. Austin Elgin, hey, thank you for my coffee today. And, um, you know, so I was writing all these points down, and the Lord, right when I finished my last point, I felt the Holy Spirit say, hey, we're just going to talk about this one thing tonight. And so I'm really excited. And if you are like me, you like to ask the question, why? Okay? All my friends can tell you that when they tell me something like, Jenny, I'm just feeling this way today. Or Jenny, like, I don't know, but I think this and this. Or Jenny, you know, I always wonder this. My first response is like, okay, but why? But why are you feeling that way? But uh, why are you thinking this? But why? So if you're very close to me, if you had a, and if you have a relationship with me, if you've spoken to me, that is usually my response to everything that you tell me. And so one of the things throughout these weeks that I've been asking God is like, okay, God, so... Why do we have to do the will of God? Why? You know, why do we have to do what what Brandon said the first week, which is to do the Great Commission, to go out there and tell people about the world, to tell people about this Jesus that came down to earth so they can have a new life? Why do we need to tell people that? Why do we need to listen to what God wants to say? Why do we need to hear what God wants to tell us? Why do we need to come to get to know God? And why is it that if we do something amazing, we still have to give God the glory? Why is it that I have to get over myself? Why is it that I have to get over my limitations? And why is it that I got to get to work? Why? What is the point? And as I was asking myself that question, you better believe the Lord spoke to me. And I was like, okay. I was at more coffee and just bawling, but I was by myself, so no one thought that I was crazy, so it was great, except this one girl, like, all over there, but, oh, well, I really don't care, and so tonight, 
we're going to talk about the why. So that when circumstances happen in your life, when experiences happen in your life that are bad, that gives you the mindset of having the wrong expectations that sometimes paralyze you, so that when fear begins to creep in, you can say, no, this is my why, so this is why I'm going to push through, and this is why I'm going to do the will of God. And so tonight, if I was to title my message, it would be, I'm pushing through. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for what you're doing, God, and I pray, God, that you just give us a revelation tonight, God. That you give us a revelation, God, of why we are here, God, and why it matters to do your will and to push through, God. And so I pray that you speak to us. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit is here. And God, I pray that it's not me speaking but you. And in Jesus' name, we all say amen. Can you just look to your neighbor and tell them, hey, you matter. Now look to your other neighbor that you did not look at first, I don't know why, and let them know, hey, you matter too. You know, and so that is my only point for tonight, is that he says that you matter. And as I was writing, you know, my whole message down, I literally write word per word because I know that if I see someone that I love, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I want to say hi. And then I forget what I'm about to say. So I write everything down. And, uh, I mean, those of you that have preached before and y'all know what I'm saying, like, holla back at me. Okay, okay. And so as I was thinking about this concept, the fact that I matter, I was at more coffee more coffee. Y'all need to go check it out. More coffee. And I was, and I was, you know, checking it out. And I was there writing. And I just remember being so overwhelmed by the truth of the gospel. That I mattered enough. That I have this great news to talk about. Because it existed because I mattered. It was about this God that sent his one and only son, his everything to the cross because he had you in mind, because you mattered to him. And I started feeling so overwhelmed because I remember, I remember the moment that God just gave me a whole different revelation of my life because I remember thinking to myself, man, I matter because of what I do. Anybody ever been there before? I used to say I matter because what I do is what makes me important. And so that's why in high school, y'all better believe I was the girl with the straight A's in my AP classes because I thought if I get straight A's, I matter. If I do good, if I exhaust myself with just somebody seeing that I'm actually smart and that I can actually get an A in AP calculus, then maybe they will know, yo, this girl, she knows she matters. And this also happened while I was at church. I would serve and serve and serve because I thought my validation was I matter because it's what I do. It's not who I'm becoming. And it's not because of, it wasn't even in my thought of, man, it was really just because of me and who I am that Christ came and died for me. 
For me, it was all about, it's only what I do that matters. And I was constantly striving for perfection. And I never met it because you never meet perfection. So you can imagine how devastated I was whenever I got a C, whenever I couldn't make it to, like, youth and serve my butt off. Like, the devastation that came from that. But how many of you love those but God moments? Because I can tell you this. I was at a youth retreat with that mindset, but God met me right where I was at a corner crying. And he told me, hey, your validation is not on what you do, but your validation is actually in who I am to you. And, man, it blew my mind because I started to think, okay, Jesus, so who are you to me? Who are you to me? And it made me realize, man, he is my savior. He is my father. I matter to him. And this is what it looks like. We're going to say it again. John 3, 16, it says, God loved the world this way that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not die but will have eternal life. You matter. Can you look at your neighbor and say, you matter. And here's the honest truth. You mattered before you even thought or knew what grace was because grace came to you before you were even aware. You mattered before you even knew what love was because this God came 2,000 years ago and died on the cross to tell you, I love you. You mattered. You matter because before you even born or thought to existence, he gave you a way of freedom before you even knew that that was an option. You mattered. And as a, I mean, you can imagine me writing this, and I was boo-hoo crying like snot everywhere. I lost all my mascara. Like, it was ridiculous. Like, but I was like, thank you, Jesus. And that's why when we sing this song, I don't know the lyrics, but all I know is I'm saying, Jesus, I love you. I can sing it because I can say, I mattered. I mattered. And I'm validated because he loved me. And my validation comes in Jesus and not on things that will not last. Because here's the truth. My validation comes from eternity. And if it's from eternity, it'll be there forever. And so if God is good and God is great and he says that he loves me, that's something that will be there forever. Because sometimes we put our validation on people. People were made from dust and once they die, they become dust again. So what is the point of that? You know what I'm saying? Some of us can lose our talent like that. Some of us probably, our talent and our gift was our validation. And, but what if you go blind? How are you going to draw? What if, you, what if you can't sing anymore? Well, then what's that? What's the point? Your validation is on something eternal. It's not just on something that goes away. You matter. And it's going to be a short message. And I know we all say that. But maybe I mean it this time. So, Ban, just, just be aware. I don't know. You know, whatever happens, happens. But here's the thing that you need to understand. Yes, you do matter to Christ. And you do matter to God. But you also matter to this world. 
you're an important piece in this world. If we can turn to Matthew 5.14 or just look up there or on your phone, whatever. Let's read. You are light for the world. A city cannot be hidden when it is located on a hill. No one lights a lamp but puts it under a, a basket. Instead, everyone who lights a lamp puts it on a lamp stand. Then its light shines on everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine in front of people. Then they will see the good that you do and praise your Father in heaven. Here's the deal. You didn't come here on earth to do nice Christian things. Okay? You're just not here on earth to only come on a Sunday and pull out chairs and have people sitting in. You're just not coming here to church to be the good, the good Christian and just welcoming people that you see every single Sunday through those doors. That's not the only thing that God has called you to do. If you read the scripture, it says that God has called you to be the light of the world. And there, is pe there are people that are outside of this building in here. But you are the light. Therefore, your existence matters to the world. Your existence matters to the world. You were made to bring hope to the hopeless. You were made to bring love to those who believe that, that love doesn't even exist. You are made to bring faith to those that are dealing with depression. You are made to bring joy to those who are just in their sorrow and in their pity party. You were made to make a difference in this world. That is why you matter. You know, I just think it's so funny because a lot of times we can just stay stuck with our title that we think that we only matter there or that we only matter in, in that moment. You know, I used to think, okay, so as a youth leader, I only matter with my youth group. Like, that's it. Like, I'll just touch the youth that come and that's about it. Some of us in this room are college students and that's all you think that you are. Just a college student. Some of you, you might be moms yet or maybe not, but all you think is, yeah, I'm just a mom. That's the only reason why I matter right now. Some of you just see yourself as the pretty girl, pretty boy, and you say, yeah, this is, this is all that matters. Some of you see yourself as just a young adult that comes and sits down here, and that's all you matter, just to come up here, and that you can't go and spread the word because you're not up here on stage doing the welcome on the worship team or preaching. But can I tell you that you matter to the world? Your existence matters to the world. Can you look at your neighbor, the other one that you've been neglecting, and tell them, you really do matter. And so we're going to look at another, another scripture that I absolutely, absolutely love. I love this story. I feel like I use it all the time, but maybe I don't. But it doesn't matter because I love it. So let's go to Luke 19, and we're going to be reading chapters, verses 1 through 10. And it's the message version. And so it says, then Jesus entered and walked through Jericho. There was a man there. His name was Zacchaeus. 
the head tax man and quite rich, he wanted desperately to see Jesus. But the crowd was in his way. He was a shorty and couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran on ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus when he came by. When Jesus got to the tree, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Today is the day to be your guest. Wait, hold on. I totally read it there. Today is my day to be a guest in your home. So talk about Jesus already inviting himself. I don't even do that, so I feel like I need to be more bold. Can anybody agree? I don't invite myself to nobody's house. I feel like my friends know that. Um, okay, see, I got distracted. Where am I going? Where did I stop? And you're okay. Zacchaeus scrambled out of the tree, hardly believing his good luck, delighted to take Jesus home with him. Everyone who saw the incident was indignant and grumped. What business does he have getting cozy with this crook? Zacchaeus rude. Zacchaeus just stood there a little stunned. He stammered apologetically, Master, I give away half my income to the poor, and if I'm caught cheating, I pay four times the damages. Jesus said, today is salvation day in this home. Here is Zacchaeus, son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to find and restore the lost. Number one, I love how crazy this scripture is because we have a man named Jesus, right, that was on his way. And I'm pretty sure he was on his way to do something very important because he's Jesus, right? Like, I mean, when he was carrying a cross, he was on his way to be crucified, to give us eternity. You know what I'm saying? Like, when he was on his way somewhere else, he was going to heal a lady that had been sick for so many years. So I'm pretty sure that Jesus was going to go and do something super busy, you know, something amazing, something awesome. But his eyes were wide open, and he was able to see this guy who's been wanting to meet him. And he said, hey, you up there, shorty, the one that they call you crook, let me go over to your house. How crazy is that? Jesus inviting himself to a, to a house of someone that doesn't even want to be touched, doesn't even want to, that the, nobody wants to be his friend. I mean, how many of you actually do that now? You see the lonely person and then you're like, you know what? I'll make it a point to have my eyes wide open, respond now, and go tell them about Jesus. <laughs> Honestly, how many of us actually do that now? I can tell you there are days where I don't do that. Because I feel like if I did that more often and more, I would have probably three rows of people filled with new people today and on Sunday. And you know what? <sighs> What's so funny is that after that meeting, what it says at the end of the scripture was that there was salvation. And that's what happens when we see somebody with our eyes wide open and we respond in the moment. Now imagine if Jesus said, you know what, next time, next time I'll go and say hi to him. You know what, next time when I see him on the tree, I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to him. You know, someday I'll see Zacchaeus again. Jesus didn't do that. He didn't, he didn't allow that to be a part of his vocabulary. 
He didn't allow the almost or someday to be a part of his vocabulary. He didn't allow almost to even be a part of his vocabulary when he went to the cross. Because he didn't almost go to the cross. He went all the way to the cross. And if we want to be like Jesus, I think that we can be an almost kind of vocabulary. Or a someday. Or a maybe. But it's a response now and today. And so I really do just pray that tonight that the Holy Spirit will do something deep inside of you. And I know that this is such a short message, but I really do feel that the Lord just wanted me to go ahead and tell you this. And what I love the most is that, you know, I was thinking about Jesus in that day. And I was thinking, like, not that many people knew that he was the Son of God, right? But people knew him by a title or saw him only do what his job was. And that was just a carpenter. Just a carpenter. Yet he was still the son of God. But yet so many times I let myself, like, I mean, I'm a chick. You know what I'm saying? I work at a, at a small church, but yet God gives me a passion for, for the whole nation. Like, how can I do that? My title isn't the Christine Kane or Lisa Bevere. My title, I'm just Jenny Green. And yet here we had Jesus, that his only title that he had was a carpenter. And he took the time to stop with his eyes wide open and see this somebody that was nobody and respond there in the moment. I'm pretty sure that there was a moment where you must have felt like a Zacchaeus, where you felt like somebody didn't want you to belong, or you yourself felt like you didn't belong, so you would always just see from a distance. But then Jesus came and saved you, and Jesus came and grabbed a hold of you because you matter to him, but your existence also matters to this world. Can you look at your neighbor and say, you really do matter? And the band can just start coming up. I told you I was going to finish early. <laughs> I'm proud of myself. And the band could just start coming up. And, you know, as I, was, as I was doing this, as I was writing this and really thinking through this and how to be intentional and tell you guys the honest truth of why we do, of why we do this is simply for people, man. To tell them about Jesus. Because there are people out there that don't know what hope is. That don't know what faith is. That don't know what it means to have the opportunity to live in freedom. And I just only think about one story. And I'm going to tell you guys today. And it's a story that's so dear to my heart. It was December of 2015. I had graduated from college. I was going to say high school, not high school, college. And, um, and I remember going home and I had a friend that I kind of lost. We really weren't that tight. It was about four, you know, three years that I was away. So I wasn't that close to her and whatnot. And so I saw her and the second that I saw her and the first time that we went out to go eat, she looked like a completely different person. You know, when I stared into, I love, if you ever have a conversation with me, I love staring you straight at your eye. Because I want you to know that I see you. It's a thing of mine. Like, I really want you to know that I see you. So I have no shame if I have to stand this close so that you know that I see you and that I care for you. And so we were eating at, 
I don't even know, but it was good food. It was this taco place in Wynwood that I missed so much. It was amazing. And so we were eating there, and I remember just looking at her. And when I saw her big brown eyes that once had life, there was no life at all. Every time that she spoke, there was no hope in none of her words. Every time that she laughed, there was just no joy at all. It was dead. I knew that she was completely dead inside. And I remember just just really thinking through my head, man, I want to have this conversation with this girl. I want to stick it, God, like, oh, God, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen her in about three years. We kind of don't have a relationship, so I don't know. Like, what should I do? And immediately the Lord just reminds me about how much grace I needed and how I needed a somebody to come to me and tell me about Jesus. And if I did not have that somebody to be bold enough and eyes wide open and see me right there in the moment I respond, I'll probably still be walking in depression, still be walking in sadness and still be walking thinking that I'm living life alone. And so I kept I did what Matt Tidwell said. I got over myself. I got over my limitations. And I said, Jenny, girl, you better get to work. And so I, for the next three weeks, before I left to North Carolina to do my internship, I dedicated my life to this one soul that I love. And I said, I'm going to love her. I'm going to show her what faith is. I'm going to show her what hope is. I'm going to show her what mercy is. And through that time, I remember people telling me, Jenny, there's no use. We've tried. There's no point. She won't give in. There's no reason why you should tell her about this hope because we have and she's still the same. And I said, man. If that person didn't give up on me, I'm not giving up on this girl because I love her and she matters. And I remember literally for three weeks, I was sleeping over her house. She was sleeping over my house. It was the best thing ever. It was like like a slumber party for three weeks long. And then a Sunday came and I was like, yo, girl, you're going to church with me on Sunday, whether you like it or not. Did she like it? No, she didn't. Because she was like, Jenny, I've done the church thing. I don't need this church thing again. And I'm like, listen, we're going to go to the beach. I'm going to invite you to go eat some good tacos. And then at the beach, we'll eat some mangoes, papaya, watermelon. Girl, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be so much fun. You have no other choice because I'm your eyes, so you're coming with me to church. We got to church 30 minutes late, so you can imagine that. You know, my pastor Rich was just going hard, and that day he was preaching about, he was preaching about coming to your first love, and he made an altar call. And usually on Sundays we don't make altar calls because we just don't. And I'll never forget my friend when he did the altar call, held my hand. And she told me, will you come down with me? Because I want to get prayed for. Will you come down with me? Because I want to meet Jesus again. Will you come down with me? Because I want to come back to my first love. I want to know what freedom looks like. I want to know what hope is. And you better believe I jumped out of my seat. I pushed everybody aside. I was like, listen. 
need you to pray for her. My friend was up there praying. I was like, honey, girl, take her, take her. And my friend, they prayed for her. She was crying. I was bawling. And man, that night was a completely different girl. Life began to come again in her eyes. Hope began to come again. And then I had to leave to North Carolina. And that was January 27, 2016 when that night happened. We fast forward a month and I'm in North Carolina and we're talking on the phone. And my friend's like, Jenny, you don't understand. This is what I've been going through for the past three weeks, for the past three months. I've been physically abused. I've had an abortion. I've been date raped over and over for almost two years. And as all of this was happening, they told me that I couldn't speak about it. And so I was suffering in silence. But because you decided to tell me about Jesus, I'm able to now know what it is to walk in freedom. Because you stuck it through, I'm able to know that I matter. That God has a purpose for me. That God has called me. That God sees me. That God loves me. And that my baby, one day I'll see him in heaven. And if we fast forward one year, every time that I talk to my friend that I love so much, she's hosting a VU crew at, at Miami. She has a crew. That's a big deal. She, it's a small group. It's a small group. She's leading one. She got baptized last year, and her whole family that had no hope in her was there celebrating her. I was celebrating her in North Carolina bawling, and I was like, oh, my God. But here's the thing, because I saw that she mattered, because I understood that I mattered, I was able to do the will of God that when he told me to go and to love her, I went and I did. And now she is speaking to girls that have gone through what she has gone through. It's a chain reaction. And so if you could just stand up to your feet. You know, today, I just pray that the experience that you've had with Jesus, that the experience that you had when Jesus met you, when you were at your worst, I pray that today, that is, your, is the factor that will dictate how you will live the rest of your life. And it's not just to stay doing the good Christian things, but it's that you go to the lost and let them know, hey, 